My name is Sander and I'm a big fan of coffee, cocoa and the climate. And since you're watching, I'm going to bet that you're too. When you're like us, you love thinking about how we can produce all the products we love so much while benefiting all the people in the supply chain and while remaining within our planetary boundaries. This is the Carbon Cast. Let's dig in. Recently, I started studying the new GHG Protocols Land Sector and Removals Guidance. The document is still in draft, but the final version will be released in early 2024. And this document will be the standard for reporting for all companies that have land-based emissions, which includes all of us in the coffee and cocoa space. The standard is complementary to the GHG Protocols Corporate Standard and the GHG Protocols Scope 3 Standard. Since I already used so much terminology just talking about the document, we decided to make a video that explains 31 key concepts in carbon accounting. Before we start talking about carbon accounting, let's have a quick recap of what the greenhouse gas actually is. Greenhouse gases are gases that absorb infrared light and therefore prevent it from leaving the Earth's atmosphere. Examples are carbon dioxide, CO2, methane, nitrous oxide, and all of these gases have a different impact on the greenhouse gas effect. To make it easier to report on all of these different gases in a unified way, we report in tons of CO2 equivalent, which groups all of these gases based on their earth warming effect. Keep in mind that when carbon dioxide is being absorbed by plants, the plants only store the carbon molecule, the C, and they emit the two oxygen molecules, the O's. Also keep in mind that when somebody shares data about the amount of carbon that's stored in biomass, always cross-check if uh, it is expressed in C, in carbon, or in carbon dioxide equivalent. You can easily make this conversion yourself by multiplying the amount of C by 3.7 uh, to get the amount of carbon dioxide. The number 3.7 here is the division of the molecular weight of carbon dioxide, which is 44, by the molecular weight of carbon, which is 12. A carbon pool is a physical medium in which a greenhouse gas is stored. For example, the atmosphere that contains carbon dioxide, or soils that contain soil organic carbon, or oceans, and even products. When products store carbon, for example in timber, then this is called a product carbon pool. A carbon flux is a transfer of greenhouse gases from one carbon pool to the next. This includes emissions, which is when greenhouse gases are transmitted from a source into the atmosphere, as well as removals, which is when greenhouse gases are transmitted from the atmosphere into a carbon sink. All of these are relevant when reporting a greenhouse gas inventory. A greenhouse gas inventory is an overview of all the emissions and removal within an entity's inventory boundary. The inventory boundary is defined as all businesses, operations, lands and activities that the entity has operational, financial or equity control over. Besides all of these direct emissions, which are called an entity's scope 1 emissions, we also have indirect emissions in scope 2 and scope 3. Scope 2 includes all of the emissions from purchased energy, such as electricity, but also heat or cooling. And scope 3 includes all of the emissions in a company's upstream and downstream supply chain. For us in the coffee and cocoa space, scope 3 is always by far the largest source of carbon emissions, especially due to land use change and land management. When companies set a target for net zero, they follow the guidance of the science-based targets initiative. 
The science-based targets initiative requested companies reduce 90 to 95% of their own emissions in scope one, two, and three, uh, which is called within value chain mitigation. Some people also call this insetting, but there are a lot of different definitions going around of insetting. For the remaining five to 10% hard to abate emissions, companies can use carbon offsets, uh, which is also called beyond value chain mitigation. The science-based targets initiative requests that companies only use credits that are issued from projects that focus on carbon removals, such as afforestation projects, and not on projects that focus on reducing carbon emissions, such as RED plus projects, which stands for reducing emissions from deforestation and forest degradation. Again, please keep in mind that all of this applies only after companies have been able to reduce 90 to 95% of their own emissions. Companies can also claim carbon neutrality under a num number of voluntary certification schemes. Typically, these schemes require companies to have a Paris-aligned reduction plan, which means it's aligned with the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement, 50% reduction in 2030 and planetary net zero in 2050. And while they're on track to planetary net zero in 2050, they can compensate for their remaining emissions with the purchase of carbon credits. Keep in mind that under the EU Green Claims Directive, claims of carbon neutrality that are based on carbon offsets may not be allowed as of 2026 anymore, but more about that in a future episode. These are my thoughts, but of course I would love to hear yours. Please comment or follow us on LinkedIn or find us at carbol.co.